0: Humans, thank you for joining this episode of Studio Insights uh, with the team here at belvista Studios. Very grateful that you choose to learn with us. Even more grateful when you put shit into action that you hear and then let us know the results. So whatever comes out of today's discussion, I would like you to get your pen and paper or your notepad and commit to taking or writing yourself actions towards improving yourself as a practitioner from whatever inspiration, hopefully get inspiration from our chat. So question time, Vicky, you go first, what you got?
1: Right. my question is for Hannah, but again, as usual, Kim, you probably have advice for me and the people out there as well. <laughs> um, so Hannah, you've been working on a few different storyboards recently and the other day you were talking about it and you said how much you love doing them. Whereas for me, the thought of doing a storyboard is like a bit terrifying. (laughs) And I feel like I wouldn't really know where to start. So I wanted to find out from you, um, like what your top tips are for someone who might be just starting out with storyboarding or someone who's maybe been doing it for a while, but they're not that confident with whatever process they have in place. Um, Just whatever tips you have, really.
2: Mm, All right. Well, I feel like storyboarding isn't that scary as like what you might think because through our process so we come up with our goal the success statement so i guess everyone out there like if you have a goal it's so much easier because you have something to work from and then from that goal you have your learning objectives so like exactly what you want the learner to do from the training solution that you create and then before then after that so it's like goal learning objectives Then you do information mapping. So using all the information that you've collected, whether it's through like work, human-centered design workshops, user interviews, the content related to the topic, you actually map that information against each learning objective. So when you go to storyboard, you've got, you pretty much like have all of the information content that you need in the right order, if that makes sense. that you really need to do is to grab that information and write it in an engaging way. And you can do that through, um, like we have like how to write an animation script, which is like, you know how we do, make sure people understand the why first and then tell them why, um, what they need to do, whether they need support. So just using strategies like that to write the content in a nice way. Um, using Hemingway apps, So Hemingway app enables you to like write much more clearly. Um, Yeah, I guess just like using all there's so many different strategies. I can't even think of like specific ones, but like thinking about like marketing, thinking about psychology, check out our blog, I would say, and our YouTube channel, because we talk about a lot of the different strategies for writing. But yeah, I guess it's not that daunting when you have all of the information mapped in that way. You're really just massaging the content and making it engaging through the different techniques you can use, which is on our YouTube and our blogs. Does
1: that answer your question? Um, well, you do make it sound easy, but I feel like if I went to do it, it would not actually be that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess that's more around like the strategy, like with the blogs and the YouTube videos that I could watch or read or other people could. Like, are there specific ones you can think of? Because I think for me, like, just saying make it engaging, like,
2: yeah. Um, ow. Oh. <laughs> We have a blog called How to Write for Instructional Designers, I think it is. So I'll put that in the Mm -hmm. description so you can see that. How to write. um, There's the animation script one, which you can apply to like storyboard screens. So I'll put Mm -hmm. that in the description.
0: Um, Are there any Mm -hmm. others? The writing scenarios or writing scenario questions. Like Hannah does a really good job of breaking down the blog so they're very practical so she's like step one and here's an example of step one and here's some practical tips here's step two here's an example of that and here's some practical tips so I'd say those three blogs probably have Mm -hmm. there's a couple of patterns or a framework that people can start experimenting with yeah yeah
2: definitely Um, probably the other tip is, so you've got the content using those strategies from the blog is just to like write something down on the page. So we spoke about this on another podcast where sometimes it's hard to just get the first thing on the page, but if you Mm just copy that content in and start having a go at it, like it'll get easier over time and you're not going to get it perfect the first time. It'll probably, you'll probably have to go through the storyboard like two or three times until you get it to where you want it to be. So So that's another thing, like not expecting perfection from the beginning and being okay with it mm-hmm. being. Yeah,
1: you. Skip. I'll have to remember that next time I need to do it.
0: <laughs> well, now that you've shown interest, All what's right? popping up in your calendar next week? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll see.
2: <laughs> you Posts. It's just like writing a post, but multiple times on different screens. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard. I struggle to write posts. <laughs> even with like the formula, like the add value. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> like I think even if you know what needs to go into it, it's still like actually taking like content and converting it into the format that you want it in. Hmm. That for me, is still a
2: difficult process. Well, I guess as well, like stepping into the shoes of the learner, which we always say, I know we're like a broken record, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like content stepping into their shoes and thinking, what would they actually need to know to do something differently?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And just like, if you were the learner, like what would you need from that screen to be able to meet that learning objective? And that can really help you. Like you don't have to include all of the content or, Make it like an amazing story. It's just around like what do they actually need, and then like Hemingway will help you write it in a clear and simple way.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Do you have any tips (laughs) (laughs) for writing too? Um. Well, it's interesting. Did you? What did you say there? I'm good at writing. Huh? Yeah. I said writing. So I disagree with that. Like I actually, writing scares the shit out of me and a blank canvas or a blank storyboard is so overwhelming for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way that I do it is what you said. We have, when we have a very clear success statement, the key words in that form a learning objective and a learning objective is then basically that's my intention for this screen. Now I like still would be like Victoria saying, like what the hell does goes on that screen? Like, yeah, I know what my intention is for the screen, but now what? So things like action mapping, empathy maps, the client's content, when you do that information mapping, if you've got one learning objective and I've copied and pasted all the bits of content that I need to know that are relevant to that specific learning objective, then I can, then it's... it's like clearing through the clutter so i don't have a big powerpoint to focus on i just have learning objective and maybe 10 dot points and then i'm like okay well can i put those 10 dot points into an order that reflects one of these frameworks that you're talking about in our blogs such as um get their attention provide interest value and then give them a call to action so i start reordering that information mapping specific to that one learning objective and then it's just about making it full sentences because normally it's like it's not a full sentence so then I put it into a full sentence and I might get five sentences that help me meet that learning outcome Hmm. so that's and that's normally like the introduction but for me, I actually find storyboarding way easier. That's, that's how I'd write an introduction because I really do struggle when it's a blank canvas. But my thing is always um, replicate the real world. So what does it look like in the real world? And then I like, I draw it sort of thing. So I do stick men and I focus very much on, the, actually it's the CCAF model from um, Alan's interactions. What's the context? You receive an email from a colleague. What's the challenge? Um, It seems like they're pissed off with you. They've used capital letters. And I wouldn't actually say that. I would just have it as my visual. And then what's the action or activity? Make a decision. How do you respond? And then give them A, B and C or whatever it might be. And then the feedback is generally what comes from that information mapping. So that's kind of my process. If I do the activity or the scenario or try and focus on behaviors, it's a lot easier for my brain to comprehend what the training content should be as opposed to writing stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Any tips now, Vic? Or (laughs) what would you, what's
1: your Um, suggestions? Tell it, you know, when I have to do one. (laughs) what works, what actually works for me.
2: <laughs> Sorry, uh, Hannah. What's your question? Well, my question is quite similar to Victoria's, but it's sort of like like asking for her insight on storyboards. <laughs> <That's
0: interesting>. Great. <laughs> so you're know- starting all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted an empty brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, because
2: you do develop the storyboards that Kim and I create. I was just wondering like as a developer, is there anything that Kim and I could do differently to make your job easier as a developer? Um, or like even enable you to be more creative, like are we restricting you in any way or?
1: I don't know, because I was always going to say at first, um, I feel like sometimes it would be easier. What you do do sometimes is having like reference images or like what your inspiration was, um, which I have had in the past. Like I don't usually get a full storyboard like that, but occasionally there will be like little, like a couple of slides that might have it. Um, And sometimes that is useful because with the way our storyboards work anyway like the little design section we have where you kind of map out image and text or whatever it is like you might have had a really cool idea of how they could like how the text and image could be but then when I get it I'm just like yep image there text there kind of thing like that's what they wanted whereas if you have reference images for something that you might have wanted to see happen that can be like a bit more helpful mm. for me um, but then I don't know if that would be restricting me then to not think of stuff myself, <laughs> which was the second question. I think it's useful sometimes if it is something like a different type of screen that we wouldn't normally yeah. design, images can help. Mm. Um, and that like, I know there have been times where I've gone back to, I don't know if I've done it with you Kim, but um, Like, I've said to you, like, what was your, like, vision for this slide? Mm. Um, Just because sometimes I'm like, am I interpreting it how (laughs) you wanted it interpreted? Or do you want me to have the freedom, like, you've just given me an idea to, like, go off and think of it myself? Like, I don't always know if you want it done a certain way or Mm. you want me to kind of take my own...
2: I can't think of the word,
1: but you know
2: what I mean. Have my Creative <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, we put in notes to the developer in the storyboard, like if that was my intent for you to come up with something, mm-hmm. say like please apply like your creativity to this and do what you think. Otherwise I'll be more specific with an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to think
1: because I also think it's been a little while since I've had a storyboard from one of you. I think a lot of the development I've done recently, it's like content straight from Mm -hmm. the client. So I'm trying to remember like exactly how they do normally come through.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: There's nothing that really stands out for me though, where I've like, I can't recall like massively struggling with what I've gotten from you guys in the past. Yeah. I think it usually works pretty well. And you guys are always both available anyway if I need to come back and, like, clarify yeah. what you meant by something. Mm-hmm. But I guess with these new storyboards you've been working on, maybe <laughs> next week I'll have a long list of improvements for you. <laughs> Stand by. You had one <laughs> Yeah. thing, is it? Yeah. Like, what do you guys think? Because you've seen what I've developed from your storyboards. Have you ever thought, like... What the hell did you do it like that for? Or do you think we're kind of full into instant-
0: I your placement <laughs> in this team all the time. <laughs> we're
2: not talking about that. <laughs> uh, I personally think you develop it really well, like how I expect. But I am trying to, as a storyboarder, make, like, do things in a more creative way. So, like, the example was with that activity, the round table one that mm-hmm. I was started- I'm wanting to connect with you before mm-hmm. story- figure stuff out like that so I was just wondering yeah what that, and that's I think that answers it with you saying like put your picture of like what inspiration you'd want so yeah. we think about those sort of things in the storyboard stage and then you can develop it or yeah, yeah we can mm-hmm. say we want something like this but if like you just design what you think mm-hmm. yeah to the next level
1: yeah. Well, yeah, I think it does definitely help if there's an element of that already in the storyboard because when it gets to development like I am kind of basing it off whatever you've put yeah you just like go, like, go, go. yeah <laughs> like you've put that thought into how you want it to work and yeah. what type of like interaction it should be yeah um and I know there probably is like the capacity sometimes for me to do that when I'm developing yeah. but generally I am just kind of going like screen by screen they want this they want this <laughs> they want this I'm not necessarily like making a big change to how the screen's going to work. Yeah. Like for that dial one you're talking about, if you had click and reveal, I would never have done a dial because I hadn't like I haven't um, used those before and didn't actually know they existed to be honest. Uh, <laughs> so I would have done like one of our normal click click and reveal yeah. interactions. So it does help if you guys have. Found like cool inspiration for something yeah. to let me know and I can do what I can with it
0: awesome anything from your end Kim um I think it's just as an id and as a developer creating the space up front to collaborate and create that brainstorming and like I know Hannah and I we did it yesterday where you know you're helping me with the storyboard going through it screen by screen together and we're like what about this and you know, bouncing ideas and then kind of going, oh, I'm thinking this and then like share it with you. And then you, you take it next level and vice versa. Um, but there's opportunity for the, develop, the developer and the ID to do that as well. So just creating the space to have that creativity so mm-hmm. that we don't revert back to just, I got a storyboard to push out, like, you know, it's what is in the best interest of the learning outcomes that we're trying to put mm-hmm. out into the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it is good if it's done early in the pro. like if we talk about it at the storyboard phase because I feel like once I get once it gets to development, I'm like, I'm just developing what we've planned. Yeah. And I think that kind of like brainstorming and like discussing what we could do mm. works better for me if it's done earlier. So once it gets to development, I know exactly what I need to do. I'm not trying to like come up with things. Yeah. Then when I should just be building it really.
0: Yeah. 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 Cool. I was going to say going back to uh, the question around storyboarding, I think one of a great way to learn to storyboard is to start with the end in mind and mm-hmm. basically work backwards from completed solutions to figure out why they're effective and why they're good learning solutions. So why is this particular screen? Why is that sentence structured that way? Why did that content make it onto the screen and what else may not have got onto the screen? So if you're looking at completed examples that mm-hmm. are really good examples, and I know, well, I haven't looked at it in many years now, but back in the day, Kathy Moore did have those top e-learning scenarios um, and they're, they're excellent learning to figure out why is this the end solution? Why is the sentence written that way? Why have they put the feedback there as at the end of 10 different things that I've interacted with, as opposed to each interaction, like immediate versus delayed Mm -hmm. feedback. So when you're starting with the end in mind, you can actually reverse engineer what is good instructional design. And that's actually how you guys were onboarded was always you start with QA. So you never pick up a storyboard, you never pick up development, you QA to know these are the standards, these are the expectations of the products that we put out. Then you start playing in development to figure out the tools and then you come to storyboarding. So the whole intention there was for to create, this is the expectation of the end result of where I want you to be. Yeah. And start making through your QA process of that works, that doesn't work, that's broken. Okay, I'm starting to see like all modules start with the Hmm there's a pattern there why might that be so there's probably more learning happening there so I just encourage people to go out there and it's not necessarily just um e-learning you know it's why is a website structured that way why when I download an app is my onboarding that way why am I not putting my details on until the 10th screen or in this app I'm putting them in the first screen um why is the book written the way it's written so there's lots of clues in the world so if you start looking at things like that, that's how you identify need to know. That's how you identify um tips in psychology and marketing and sales and branding and all these things that are effective to make a consumer do something differently. Um, they are also very applicable to our world.
2: Love
0: it. Okay. My question, a uh, question for you, Hannah. So a couple of weeks ago, you were asking around coaching and you asked for any tips for coaching and then you were out to experiment. Um, and I was just wondering, back then it was like, I guess, coaching facilitation, you're, you've got to be, I think your fear was specifically around being able to adapt to the mm-hmm. unknown in the moment. So you've had the opportunity to experiment now so what are your tips reflection for yourself and tips for yourself moving forward and for everyone else that is curious in how do you adapt in the moment and prepare for the unexpected
2: hmm
0: um well i think i've
2: learned like you just don't know what's going to come up in the session so there's like Where I think like at the beginning, I was sort of like thinking of all the things that would come up and then bringing it up, even if it wasn't (laughs) like a question. So I'm learning now to like accept that you just have to wait and see what comes from it and answer it to the best of your ability. Um, I think like having coaching questions ready. So like just learning some questions that, you know, you can ask to get the information from that you need from people or to get them to reflect on their process or find out what they need from you. So that's been really helpful for me. Um, I don't know, I think it is just a confidence thing too. Like the more you do it, the more you get used to the unknown and you get like the more questions that you can answer, you realize that you actually can add value and then you build confidence over time. So I think it's definitely a time thing as well um and I think another really big thing is like finding out what they want at the start of the session like asking them what success looks like for them writing it down and then making sure that you like touch on all of those topics or like you achieve what they're after um yeah I don't know I'm still definitely like in reflection mode because it is very fresh but
0: what, uh, what were the questions that you kind of identified that were useful? <clears throat> um,
2: so I always started off with uh, what insights have you had since we last spoke to you? And that just enabled them to reflect on what they've been learning and gave them the space to talk about what they wanted to talk about. Um, and then it was what does success? What would success look like for you in this session? So just finding out like exactly what they wanted to get from us. Mm-hmm. Um, Asking questions like, is this feedback helpful and is it what you expected? Just so you know what you're telling them is actually adding value and like answering what they're wanting. So for example, if they're showing you like a course and you're giving feedback, just checking in and saying, like, has this level of feedback been okay for you or would you like something different? So just checking in with them. I think thinking about the next steps. So like thinking about what's coming next for them. So with our human centered design course, like they, we knew there was something coming up for them, whether it was user testing or prototyping or creating the storyboard. So just asking, do you have what you need? Do you have what you need for your next steps, which it could be like any one of those things. And that just helps them to start to think about what questions they could ask you.
0: Mm.
2: You just refer to like your experiences. So what Like we've done all the things that we're coaching on. So just sharing the experience that we have and the stories that we have to help them with what they need to do.
0: Mm. Is there any, another situation where that like unexpected needing to adapt in the moment is like client calls and stuff. So is any, with that framing in mind, would you have any other tips to be able to adapt to the unexpected in the moment?
2: Um, I think the main thing is just being comfortable with, you don't need to know in the moment, like you don't need to figure everything out, like within seconds, you can just say, like, I need time to think about that, or I'm going to process that and get back to you. And I think like that, losing that pressure of needing to have all the answers instantly made things a lot easier, especially with client calls, because they would call and I know that if I knew the answer, that's great. If not, I could say, great, like I've written that down, I'll give you. I'll find out. Like I'll have a chat to the team and give you a call back. So mm. I think having that option is really good. Yeah, that's cool. You to into like an answer if you don't actually know. Like that's yeah. Just- <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's good. That's some really good tips. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for your insights, team. Appreciate you sharing and thank you everyone for watching another episode um if you're interested like we obviously have these kinds of chats we have other ones where we teach some of the human centered design stuff there's a human centered design playlist there's a freelancer playlist and there's an id instructional design kind of playlist as well so they're probably the themes that run throughout our youtube stuff so if you're interested go check them out and always check the link in the description for any of the. Resources that are mentioned, because then you can go on and do your further learning. And we did talk about actions that you need to take at the beginning of the video. So I hope you took some notes. Make a promise, make a commitment to yourself now on how are you going to embed that so you can build the habit over time and help yourself become a better practitioner with whatever has resonated from this chat. And until next time, thank you, team, and thank you, everybody else. What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place people like you and us basically it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers and what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz could I be a better instructional designer that has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating the problems you will want to solve but in there as well Aren't we cute that's us um but we've got the coaching courses freebies give us gratitude and also we've got some templates and basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design instructional design and e-learning so a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at bell vista studio so putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs so there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff so this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world so go check it out the link is in the description you can check out everything that is available for you thank you for choosing to learn with us continuously invest in your skills you will be rewarded as an instructional designer, share this stuff, share it with other people, because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.